Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today we are switching it up with a special bonus episode. We're going to look at Netflix's recent 2023 film. It's the computer animated science fantasy adventure comedy Nimona, which is directed by Nick Bruno and Troy Kwan. It stars the voices of Chloe Grace Moritz, Riz Ahmed, Eugene Lee Young and Francis Conrad. Conroy. I'm Jesse. I'm writing you solo for this one. Uh, I sort of paused a bit there because I was like, that's Conroy, not Conray. Uh, thanks for joining me. As always, uh, this is going to be filled with spoilers. So if uh, you are keen on checking this film out, haven't seen it yet, give us a pause. Come back a little bit later on because um, this film is probably one that you, you might be interested in. It has a really good story about how it ended up on Netflix. We do start our show off with the Fast Flicks where we do a quick little summary of what the film is all about. So this one is about a shapeshifter who befriends a knight to clear his name. That's as simple as I could put it in a sentence. It's so much more than that though. And we're probably gonna talk a little bit about it as we look or discuss about how did this end up on Netflix? Why is it on Netflix? It's a good story, uh, trust me. I'm gonna talk a little bit about this. Just to, across the world, this one, um, the only other sort of translation um, it's literally called Nimona across the world, but in Chinese it's called Monster Girl Nimona, and and um, I'm not sure I really like that title based on what the message of this film is trying to say, which we will talk about too. Um, had two taglines this film. The taglines were a new hero takes shape. Nice, like that one. We're talking about a, a shapeshifter who who's becoming a hero, and then uh, the other uh, tagline was a little anti, a little hero. I like that too. Both um both good taglines, both work well. But let's talk about this film. It. It's based on a 2015 graphic novel of the same name by N.D. Stevenson. Um, so if we, we go back to 2015 of June, the same year that it was released, 20th Century Fox Animation acquired the rights for this webcomic. Um, Patrick Osborne was set to direct from a screenplay by Mark Hames. The film was going to be produced by Fox's former um, Blue Sky Studios alongside Vertigo Entertainment. And in June of 2017, 20th Century Fox scheduled the film to be released on the 14th of February, 2020. And that's where things sort of became a little bit tricky because in March of 2019, as most people would know, the Walt Disney Company um, acquired Fox. So then in May of that year of 2019, uh, they delayed the film until March the 5th of 2021. And then in um, later in 2019, in November, it was delayed again until 2022. Um, there was word in 2020 that the film would be released and it was going to be upheld and um, Stevenson stated that it was still happening and um, he said this in a podcast in 2020 so then there was sort of a bit of a bump. Um, Osborne departed the film in March of 2020 and then Nick Bruno and Troy Kwan were brought on to work on this story after they directed Blue Sky's previous film Spies in Disguise in 2019. I think that starred the, the voice of uh, Will Smith. Production would be done remotely because of COVID-19 which we've seen with a lot of films at this time um, but then it in Feb of 2021, Disney announced that it was shutting Blue Sky Studios down and that the film was cancelled, which was a little bit sad. So following the announcement, a lot of people involved in the film said it was a super sad day. Stevenson um, wished the best for everyone involved at, at Blue Sky Studios. Um, they're a little bit heartbroken. An anonymous staffer from Blue Sky were interviewed by the Business Insider and they sort of were complaining about the cancellation of the film, arguing that the film didn't look like anything else in the animated world at the time. And they said that they believed um, it would never be released or completed, um, which is a little bit sad. This film was, was going to use this sort of uh, world first 
blue sky conduit system which allowed artists to find track version and quality the control of their work so some groundbreaking techniques used in the animation of this one as well one staffer did state from Blue Sky that the film was on track to being finished um, and a couple of others said, you know, it was, it was very close to being done, um, which, which is a little bit sad that, you know, you've got a film that people have spent so much time on that just gets pulled because of a, a, an acquisition by another media conglomerate, I guess. In March of uh, 2021, it was reported that Chloe Grace Moritz and Riz Ahmed were going to voice the characters um, and they wanted other studios to try and pick it up and that's... Uh, I guess where we, we settled until March of 2022, where um, Disney's involvement has been sort of published uh, online and, and, and around news sort of outlets uh, over the last 12 months or so that Disney's uh, involvement in Florida's parental rights and education bill and the lack of criticism from the CEO at the time, Bob Chapek, um, staff members sort of stated that, you know, the film received a lot of pushback from Disney leadership because of the film's themes around LGBT ideas and the same-sex kiss as well, which is a little bit sad coming from Disney, I guess. Um, in April of 2022, it was announced that Annapurna Pictures had picked up the rights um, for Nimona that year and would be releasing it on Netflix in 2023, which is um, an exciting thing. The voice cast that I mentioned before was retained. They added Eugene Lee Yang and um, also we, we spoke about before too that Nick Bruno and Troy Kwan um, were going to direct the film too. In December of 2022, it was also emerged, or it came out, that the film would serve as the first release of this Annapurna's um, animation division as well. Nimona was Blue Sky's most complex picture that they were working on. As I mentioned before, some groundbreaking new technology that they were working on. That sort of used a similar t uh, 2D style with the Peanuts movie in 2015 with Charlie Brown and Snoopy and those sorts of characters. Um, and they designed, or the design of this film was was based on um, Evelyn Earl and Charlie Harper's styles, um, which had this combination of medieval and model, modern world, so that sort of mirrored the world in which we live, um, which is which is quite cool to see as well. Um, I guess what else? I've sort of spoken a bit. I think at the time of the initial cancellation, as I mentioned before, they, they thought it was probably about 75% complete um, through layouts and things like that. Um, the animation, as it was picked up, was, was taken over and picked up in Montreal, um, and they sort of had to build a, a different pipeline from scratch um, for, for certain things, but they did have this blueprint that they were working on from Blue Sky, and um, they translated it a lot across to this technology, which is good that they could actually use some of the original animation that they'd been working on. Animation did finish in October of 2022, and that's how we've got the film. So Eugene Lee Lang, um, Eugene Lee Yang was the only actor to read for this character that he plays, um, Ambrosius Goldenloin, after the production designer suggested his name for the character, and then they modeled the character after him as well. On Netflix, since this has been released, this was, um, it did have a premiere on the 14th of June, 2023, at the Annecy International Animation Film Festival. Had a small theatrical release from the 23rd of June before hitting Netflix on the 30th of June, 2023. From that, the 30th of June until the 2nd of July, Netflix put out some data around viewership for the first few days. So it's Nimona, the film, sat at number nine on the Netflix global chart with 3.2 million views in those first few days with a, approximately 5.5 million hours combined of watching. So uh, not a bad feat for a little animation film, I guess. So far, obviously, this, this film hasn't been nominated for any awards, but I'm sure that it's probably going to get some Oscar buzz once um, once the, the award season kicks in. I think probably the, the Spider-Man sequel is probably going to give it a little bit of competition, but they're just my personal thoughts. Let's talk about the, the critics and audiences. What are they saying about this film? 
If we look at Rotten Tomatoes, this sits at a 94% on 78 reviews. That is certified fresh, super positive. Same for the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. It sits at 91%. That's on more than a thousand reviews. IMDb again, very, very positive. Sits at a 7.7 .7 out of 10 on about 12,000 ratings. Letterbox super high, a four out of five on a bit over 61,000 ratings. And if we look at Metacritic, again, positive, all in the green. The um, audiences have it at a 6.5 um, on 82 reviews, so that's positive in the green. And the critics have it at a uh, 75 on 17 critic reviews, so also green on the green end too. Uh, for me, I actually had a Netflix percentage match for this film. So Netflix thought I'd have a 98% chance of matching and enjoying this film. Were Netflix right? What are my early thoughts? Yep, I love this film. <laughs> I was enthralled by it. I thought it was, it was super fast paced. It was vibrant. It was exciting. Just had such great sentiment and it's sort of hard not to get swept away by, by this film. I think it's an excellent film. So let's talk about some characters in this one. And obviously the film is called Mona. As a character, this, I mean, between her and the other character, Ballister Boldheart, it's the film of these, these two characters. And Mona, like this young kid, I guess um, <laughs> physically, but she's a shapeshifter who insists on on being this sidekick to to Ballister Boldheart. Uh, her whole life, and it, it's been a it's a bit of a spoiler, but it's been a pretty long life. She's been rejected um, for being who she is, and she just wants to be accepted and, and not have to adapt to being something she isn't. And I really like that idea, which we'll probably talk a little bit more about in the themes and ideas. But if we talk about her um, her sidekick boss, <laughs> Ballister Boldheart. Is, is this? Um, I guess now in this film, if we talk about the film, he, is a, he was a knight, now a former knight for this um, institution, and he was kicked out because he was accused of murdering the queen, and I guess he's, he's against the norm of what a knight should be because he doesn't have the bloodline that all the other knights have, um, but he's got to where he is through hard work and having the heart of a hero, and unfortunately this is sort of to the disgust of other knights in society. The other characters I sort of need to touch on would be Ambrosius Goldenloin, um, this is Ballister's love interest, and you know, he unfortunately cuts off Ballister's arm um, in trying to protect this institution, and that's that battle um, of their relationship they have, I guess, about who to believe in and what to do. And he does seem to sort of be the, the favourite knight um, in society here because he's a descendant of Glora, who was the, the person who set up this kingdom to protect the kingdom from monsters. And I guess that, that name, Golden Loin, he's the golden child, he's the poster boy. Um, and it was nice to see their, their relationship develop um, sort of in a, in a small way throughout this film. The director... The real villain, I guess. Um, the, the leader who um, is too scared to adapt, too scared to change or, or change her narrow-minded sort of old-school ways of thinking, I guess, and is sort of a villain because she's willing to sacrifice innocent people to protect her outdated ideals. The only other character is Todd, who's sort of like this side villain who's um, ignorant, rude, bit of a bully, bit of a pussy, really. He runs away from, from danger, and he's just sort of there to, to be annoying and, and be rude to Ballister, I guess. Uh, the directors sort of touch on this before, but uh, there are two directors. We've got Nick Bruno, a veteran at Blue Sky Studios while it was around, worked on films like Rio, Epic, the Ice Age films, Horton, Here's a Who, the Peanuts movie, um, and also directed Spies in Disguise, which I mentioned before, too, with... Troy Queen, the, the other director on this film, uh, he also worked on a bunch of animation outside of uh, Blue Sky as well, like um, Arthur's Christmas, Hotel Transylvania, uh, the, the Nine, I think there was a stop motion film, so a couple of other good films too. Let's talk about some scenes. What are some scenes that I enjoyed in this one? I think um, there's quite a bit. They're, they're, <laughs> they're sort of little moments, and mainly Nimona's moments, I guess, because you know, she's just got such a great personality that you want to love on the screen. And she does one of the things I enjoyed, her, her disturbing drawings and images. I thought they were funny. 
Uh, I like, you know, the, the joke at a, a stage where she makes a joke about Ballister, um, you know, getting arrested. And then we just get this quick cut to him being locked up, which was funny in, in itself. But then she comes to help get him out and they're sort of trying to escape. And she's, <laughs> he's doing like this stealth mode, really slow, quiet. And she's just full, like knocking stuff over. And, and he's like, where are the guards? They're supposed to be here. And she's like, oh, they were like this when I got here. And then we just get this shot of all the guards knocked out. So I thought that was funny. Uh, Nimona's sort of first transition that she makes into this rhinoceros. And then she just keeps changing this battle into like a whale. And then as the whale drops through these like floors of a building and then passes Todd um, in the shower and makes a comment about, oh, it must be cold. <laughs> I laughed. I thought it was a nice little adult joke, a joke put in there as well. Uh, there's a moment where, you know, Nimona sort of convinced Ballister to become his sidekick and she goes to shake his hand and then just turns into a shark. I thought that was funny. Nimona uh, and, and Ballister, they, again, they're trying to sneak through this town and, uh, you know, he's telling her, be quiet, and she's a cat, but she's making lots of noise. So that was funny. And then, you know, they need a distraction to get past and, and he tells her, you know, please tone it down this time. And then she transforms into a lookalike of him and is way over the top going crazy. That was funny. Uh, there's a scene where Nimona is trying to find this squire who's got some information and to freak him out, she transitions into this uh, little boy who like screams and yells. That was quite funny every time she sort of freaked him out. There's one tender moment I really liked um, where Ballister's bandaging Nimona's leg because an arrow's gone through her. I really thought that was sweet. Uh, another transformation from Nimona, she turns into this cereal monster that just shoots cereal everywhere. That was funny. The, the director stabs Golden Golden Loin. Um, it's a transformed Golden Loin, but it took me by surprise. Uh, I wasn't expecting that. I thought that was a good little reveal. And finally, Nimona as this big beast at the end. She's ready to put herself through this sword and Ballister apologizes and she shrinks down to her, her normal, or like her size, the small size, and they hug. That was just super sweet. Uh, there's only one thing that I wasn't a big fan of in this, and it's just a little stage of a montage where Nimona and Ballister dance together um, as they upload this video to reveal the truth to the world. I don't know, I just didn't really like it compared to everything else. That's me being picky, I guess. Uh, let's talk about some th scenes, um, some themes and some ideas in this film. This, this says heaps in a really nice way. Obviously, we've got the idea about society's like institutional rejection of anything that's not normal. On, but who decides what's normal? How, how can we decide what's normal? Because normal is different to so many people. Um, and that's that idea of questioning everything, questioning authority, um, overthrowing those without dated ideas. And, you know, institutions, they're often political and and their, their basis is on legend or bloodline or tradition, um, more so than truth and what actually matters in, in, in our current society. Um, there's that idea too of hard work, it should pay off, you know, people should be given chances, uh, you know, because they try harder and they, they want to get to where they want to go rather than just being gifted a, a position of responsibility. Um, there's that idea of loyalty versus betrayal as well. I really like the way that they, they look at gender fluidity, you know, not needing to define yourself by any term, being true to yourself, you know, being who you are and who you want to be and then being accepted, which which leads into that idea of treating others the way you want to be treated too, because sometimes you can feel worse when you aren't being yourself and you need that feeling of freedom of, of being safe in who you are. Um, and that, that leads to the idea of name calling at times. I don't, I, obviously with Nimona, she did not like being called a monster and the impact that this can have as well, because sometimes being treated unfairly does bring out the worst in this. And we don't need that at times if, if we treat people fairly. This was like quite um, quite in your face too, but that idea of, of constant fear of outsiders and what's beyond the walls, and um, you know, this is often based on on fear um, and rumors and and non truths. And I couldn't help but think of um, 
Donald Trump and and his wall that he was going to build between Mexico in, in this symbolism in this too. And then finally too, that idea of being a hero. What does it mean to be a hero? You don't have to use weapons and violence to be a hero. You can do it in other ways. So such good stuff to take out of this one. Um, and what else? I guess the other thing I took out of this one, like the colors in this, they're so vibrant. And, and from that moment that Mona was on the screen, this film picked up a thousand times. She was such a lovable character. I just really liked that character. Um, questions, ponderings, thoughts, ideas. Just one little pondering, like, does Mona, we often hear that, you know, not everyone gets a happy ending. Like, did, did she have a happy ending? Because, I mean, this is a spoiler, but at the end, you know, she sacrifices herself for the better of the town and she does become a hero. But the final shot, we do hear her voice. Don't actually get to see her, but it sort of leaves that opening, I guess, uh, for a sequel, if, if they wanted to go with a sequel, because I think she's, she's still around, which is a nice thing. Uh, all right, let's wrap this up. Give the film rating out of five for me. It's, it's great to see a film that sort of, I guess it does, it follows that general conventions of a narrative, but it still felt so fresh through the characters, through the design, through the soundtrack, and, and what it had to say as well. I think this is a must-watch. This is a four and a half out of five for me. Really, really good film. Worth watching. we got socials. we got Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Give us a follow. Give us a like if you can. Question I'm putting up there for this one is, do you like pineapple on your pizza? This is in reference to Nimona definitely not liking pineapple on her pizza. Hawaiian pizza. I love it. I love pineapple and pizza. So um, I might be a weird one because I think it definitely belongs on a pizza. <laughs> we have a lot of episodes that have covered Netflix original films. If there's a Netflix original film that you've seen, we may have done an episode because I think we're, we're over 250 episodes, um, including bonus episodes. So check out our back catalogue if you can. We have a regular episode, as always, on a Wednesday. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed this one too.